Welcome to the Axiom Podcast. I'm your host today, Devin Dash, and I'm here with a very, very special guest and the newest member of our team, Shannon Lonergan. Thank you so much for doing this. I know this is your third day on the job, um, and I'm just, I really appreciate your personality and what you're bringing to this team, but just your willingness to jump in and step into the podcast booth, the recording booth. Uh, Shannon, it's so nice to have you. Why don't you take a moment just to introduce yourself to our listeners? And you know, I know we have some business client, clients who listen to this, some who've already met you, but um, that way that when they do meet you, they might have a little bit of an idea of, of who you are. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks so much, Devin. I'm so happy to be here. It is day three um, and it feels... It's just so good. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited. But as Devin said, I'm Shannon. Um, I have a background in entrepreneurship. So I was homeschooled my whole life. Um, And I know people have preconceived ideas of what homeschoolers are like. (laughs) Um, But I promise that I'm a cool one. Uh, But I actually started my first business when I was 13. So I've kind of always had the entrepreneurial itch. And that is my most recent background before I joined the Axiom team. Um, I just am so passionate about watching other people build businesses and helping them get there and kind of holding their hands. And it's just so fun. It's so fun to see something so small become bigger and bigger and just reach like the end end goal. Um, I have an eight-year-old son. His name is Bennett. Um, we moved here two years ago in April, which is nuts. It feels like I've only been here for a day, but also for forever. It's like this weird (laughs) juxtaposition. I don't understand it. Um, but like this is home. And, um, I actually last night was at a church event. I'm really heavily involved in the local church here, um, at Grace Community Church And I was at a young adults event and one of my friends ran up to me and was like, Shannon, how's the second day? And I stopped and I was, of course, like, it's great. I love it. But I stopped to think and I said, you know what? Actually, I just feel like I'm home. And that's exactly how I felt when I walked into the church for the first time when I moved here two years ago. I just felt home. And it feels like kind of everything I've done in my life to this point has led me here. Um, And it's just so cool. So happy to be here. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I, it, definitely is the reason that we're doing this podcast today, right? And um, is because you are new to the team. We're going to be talking about hiring process. And I love what you said there about the fact that like this feels home because like everything that we're going to be talking about today is kind of um, kind of opposite of what the traditional approach to hiring is, which is look, we get the job posting on Indeed, get the people and, you know, schedule the interview. And then if we like them, maybe have a second interview and then just given the offer. And we're, we're wanting to kind of flip that on its head and approach it from a, a different, more strategic perspective, which is the fact that your hiring process, the whole point of it should not be to get butts and seats, but it should be to get people in your, your organization who are A players. And we have a specific de- definition for A players, but I think, you know, another way to look at it from, from your own words is, people who are going to feel like this is home and, mm-hmm. and not just people who feel like the organization is home, 
but people who you feel like are at home in your organization. Yeah. And so that's that's so key to a strong hiring process. I would say that's the goal of a good hiring process. Exactly. And I think too, something to like note about that is right now, it's all the rage, if anybody's on TikTok, in like the hiring community or HR talk, if you go down that rabbit hole, so many people say like, if they call you family, it's toxic. Right. And I would really like to butt against that. I think sometimes it can be. Like you can use that in a way that can be toxic. But I think if you have the culture, if you have your value words, you can actually create a family that is great and not toxic. Yeah. And so I, I do, I'm glad you said that because we're talking about, you know, you feeling like this is family and, you know, that's a way of, of, of evaluating a hiring process and saying, hey, we want people to hire people, A players who feel like this is family and who we feel like are at home here uh, in our organization. But I want to make sure that we're, we're kind of very explicit on the language, which is whether you call it family or, you know, they, they're a great culture fit. And that's where we're getting at with an A player, right? Hiring processes are de- designed to get A players on the bus. And so what is an A player? Well, you say family fit. We say a culture fit, mm-hmm. right? And so a culture fit is the key com- one key component of an A player. The second, and we, we'll talk less about um, this one. We're going to spend a majority of our episode today talking about the the how the process is designed at, at making sure that they're a culture fit because that is if they're not a culture fit it doesn't matter how much competency they have or how much experience they have they don't get on the bus because ultimately they're going to be a detractor or an obstacle for the organization achieving its vision and its mission in the way that they want to achieve it mm-hmm. so uh, those are the three components kind of just stating them again a little bit more clearly um it's A players are people who are a great culture fit for your organization. They demonstrate a competency to perform the position well, and they can bring a body of experience that will help them to contribute and improve multiple areas of the business, right? So they have a kind of a breadth of, of experience that helps them to contribute no matter where they're involved, um, even if it's in a you know totally separate department or in a separate role. Mm-hmm. So that's an A player. That's what our, our hiring process is designed to, to get. That's what a good hiring process is designed to get in the organization. What are the ports of the process that we encourage business owners to go through? And and, uh, I'm just going to run through them quickly for our listeners, but then I really want to get them to hear your perspective on those components and how they were unique in our process. So the first one, if you're listening for your own hiring process that you have yet to develop or have developed and need maybe to review and tweak is a phone screening right? And we're moving past the getting the job posting. We're assuming you're going to do all that. It's the phone screen. And then the next step is an in-person interview, right? That's where we typically jump to, but we would challenge you to not start with the in-person interview um, and maybe not even end with one in-person interview, right? You might have multiple steps in the process where you're having, you know, multiple in-person interviews with multiple people in the room evaluating the candidate. It's so important. And then finally, we're going to talk about the offer letter and kind of the the closing the deal, if you will, and how to make that process unique. And I, I know that you have a really awesome story to share with our listeners about how we um, really sealed the deal with our offer letter to you. So let's get started with the first step in a hiring process with phone screening. Uh, and phone screening is important, I think, because we're talking about evaluating culture fit, 
primarily through all, the whole process. Phone screening helps us to make sure like quite simply that we're going to enjoy talking with the person that we're thinking about bringing on the team, right? Do we, are we able to have a conversation with them? And, you know, those can be long and I know you're going to share a lot more about this, but they can be long. They can be short, but the, the goal is asking five or 10 questions to get the individual talking and again, start to evaluate, are they a good culture fit? So Shannon, I want to toss the mic over to you and say, uh, talk to us a little bit more, talk to our listeners about your experience in, in our phone interview process. Uh, and maybe I know you had a, a preemptive like exploratory call with Joey. <laughs> so I want to you know, talk about that there too. Um, but what was your experience with that first step in our hiring process? Yeah. So the first step, like um, Devin mentioned, um, <laughs> it was a Zoom call with Joey and I had kind of gone into it thinking it was more of a networking meeting, um, just meeting with another business owner locally. I didn't really have any expectations. And then I was kind of punted over to Cameron um, for this phone interview. Mm-hmm. And not that I didn't want to do it. Like I was actually very excited after learning a lot more about Axiom. Um, but it was definitely a bit different than what the actual structure is. Mm-hmm. So I would say that the phone screening with Cam was just fun. Like if I had to sum it up in one word, it was fun. We talked, we kind of just talked about life. We talked about our personal lives. I learned a little bit about his family, like why he's at Axiom. Um, and <laughs> I left the phone call with Cameron saying, man, you ask some really good questions. And which I really appreciate because I like to think that I ask good questions, but I don't know unless somebody tells me. (laughs) (laughs) But what was supposed to be like a 20, 25, maybe 30-minute conversation was a solid hour. And we just kind of went back and forth, and we asked different questions, and I was really specific also um, just asking questions about the culture from um, Cam's perspective Like, what does it look like to really work with the team? Um, Because I think that as an interviewee, I should be interviewing the company just as much as the company should be interviewing me. Um, And if your interviewee is not doing that, you might want to ask some questions there because you'll, like, it's just, it's a bit of a yellow flag. So just think about that in your process. Mm -hmm. But the phone screening part is so important because if you can't have that conversation with somebody, if you can't go back and forth and it isn't natural, obviously there's going to be people who maybe are a great culture fit, but just are less chatty than somebody like me. Um, right. But for the most part, if they're a good culture fit, they're going to be able to have that interpersonal conversation and it's not going to feel like a chore. You're not going to have to feel like you're pulling things out of that person. Um so yeah, that's kind of my perspective on the phone screen. Yeah, no, and, and it's it's so important. I, I want to kind of jump to the next piece of the process, if you will, and say let's let's move on to in person interviews, right? Because the phone screening is the this. It's just that it's the screen. It's do I do I like this person? Do I enjoy talking to them? Do they ask some good questions? Um, are they available can, to schedule the next next step in the process? Do they understand the process? Do they have any questions? But really, we get to the bulk of any hiring process, which is in-person interviews. And 
I want to. I want to just. I want to give you the opportunity to talk a lot about your in-person experience uh, mm-hmm. in the process, uh, and say what was unique about it, and what are some of the takeaways that you got um, using that, like in that part of the process. Yeah. So my in-person interviews. I had two of them. One was with um, yourself and Cameron and Joey in the conference room, and then another was with. Joey and Josie at a dinner interview. And the one with all three of y'all in the conference room um, was unique because it was actually, I believe, the first interview that I've had with multiple people in the room. Um, But I think that's really important Mm -hmm. because if you're going to work with this person day in and day out, like, it's not just Joey who has to interact with me. Like, you have to make sure that you and I get along as well. Right. Because <laughs> that would be a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, but during that interview, like I had mentioned to you earlier, like one of the things that I that really stood out to me is um, Joey really represented his level of care and that value of care. When he asked me a really personal question just about my personal situation, I'm a single mom. And he asked, you know, I'm a dad. Devin and Cameron are dads. They both have wives at home with their kids. What does that look like? What What's different for you? Like, what should I expect? Are there differences in what your lifestyle looks like? I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but um, I know from a business owner perspective, he wasn't asking that to then make me perceive that he cared more. I know it was just like generally just trying to figure out like logistically what that looked like. But to me sitting in that room, that was like a, wow, this person really cares. Mm. And as somebody who's in this situation in life, like that is really important. That's something that I'm looking for because I can't go into a situation where people don't care about my personal life because unfortunately, like life and work kind of go hand in hand. Even if you try to have up walls, it's it's never going to, you're never fully going to have a wall up because you can't hide when life is hard. Right. Um, so that was really important to me. And then the dinner interview, I was actually really excited about this because when I was at one of my previous positions, I was a director of ops and I had suggested putting this into the hiring process and we never ended up going with it. Um, but I was very adamant about not putting butts in seats And when I was told that the next step or the last step was the dinner interview, I was pumped because I just knew like it again was just this like like this care of we really want to know you. Um, And I also really loved how much Joey respects Josie enough to bring her into that conversation. Mm. Although she's not like a day to day person in the business, per se, she is a huge influence in in the life and in in Joey's life and in the business because they're married. Um, so shout out to Joey for that. I thought that was really, really great. But just like having that natural conversation and as Joey said, making sure I could eat with a fork and a knife. So <laughs> I have passed all the tests now. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to, I, I'm totally ashamed of myself that I missed this, but you mentioned one of our values multiple times, right? And And I think it's maybe the curse of knowledge, but Either way, when I go back to the kind of the main point that we're talking about is the first checkbox that an individual has to, you know, have checked 
if they're going to be a team member, if they're going to be an A player, is that culture fit? Mm-hmm. And so you've mentioned care multiple times in this in this interview already. Um, and that's significant because it's a value of axioms. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm very sorry for our listeners, but right. We talk about culture a lot and we know like the key component of culture that one of the foundational pillars of culture is the values of your organization. Mm-hmm. So I should have said this a lot earlier. I just forgot it because we talk about it so often, but values are simply put those three or four words in your organization that define how people are going to treat each other and how they're going to behave. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, it is so important because you've talked about how in the phone interview, it was structured to, uh, it was structured around our values. So living out the questions that we asked were designed to get your perspective and your experience and maybe even whether or not you believe our values or w- will adopt them as your own. Mm-hmm. The in-person interviews, whether it was with the whole team or going out to dinner with Joey and Josie, was again designed at making sure that we're demonstrating our value of care. And one of the ways that we knew that that's unique um, that, that other organizations may or may not, or some of the organizations that we work with, you know, maybe don't, is we so often view the interview process as making sure that this person is going to be be good for our team. Mm-hmm. And we demonstrate care in our process by making sure that we're actually in a, in a position to make sure this person is successful, help this person be successful. Yeah, I think it's less about a checklist too. Like when you're hiring and when you're going through the interview process, it's less about this checklist of does this person fit these boxes? And it's more about that culture. It's more about like the character of that person. Right. Um, which can be difficult. It's it's a difficult conversation to have, but it's an honest and a caring one to have if you want to have your business continue to grow down the road. Um, because if at the end of the day, that person doesn't possess the character that you want your team members to possess, mm-hmm. you're going to look 30, 60, 90 days down the road and be like, well, why aren't they following the caring? Why aren't they following the truth? Well, that's not inside of them. Like, that's not who they are as a person. Um, and I think, like, during the in-person interviews, I mean, even during the phone screening with Cam, I felt a level of vulnerability um, kind of coupled with professionalism and poise, obviously, Mm -hmm. Um, not pushing everything out onto the table, but you have to have honesty. You have to have truth. And I think that for me, from my perspective, I think that probably helped y'all see that I had that character, that I fit the culture because I was honest and I was open and by showing that, I also cared. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great insight. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit, not not to veer off this topic, but I do want to shift gears because you've mentioned now three interviews, three meetings, three mm-hmm. appointments uh, as a part of our hiring process, right? And, you know, not to mention the kind of the preliminary introduction call to Joey. So let's say that's four total and then yeah. I had another one with you and Cameron yeah, as well. Yeah, you, you did. You had a kind of a private one-on-one, well, two-on-one with Cameron and I to to get our take on the culture. And you asked us some pretty pointed questions about Joey. Um, and, you know, 
that I think that helped you decide, is this a leader that I want to be working for again? Yeah. It's kind of flipping the traditional approach to hiring on its head where, you know, we are the person who holds the keys to the kingdom and this person either does or doesn't get a seat on the bus. A good hiring process should be a two-way street Mm -hmm. where we're helping the candidate evaluate us as an organization and whether or not they're going to, they want to help us be successful. Exactly. Um, But I think the point, the point of me going back and saying all that is because that's a long process, yeah. right? And I, I can sense that some of the leaders and the business owners that we're working with are hearing that and go, okay, yeah, that's great for you guys, but like, you don't get it. We, we are stretched thin. We're, I mean, we're lucky if we can find one good candidate to have an interview process, to have a hiring process that takes four, five, let's say six hours we just don't have that kind of time. I want I want to address that kind of explicitly for a second to say, how, how would you help put that business owner or that leader at ease in terms of the length of the hiring process? Yeah, I think it's really natural. So I don't want you to think that you're feeling things that aren't natural if you're concerned about the length of the interview process. It's natural to be a little concerned. Like, I have this seat open. I have... These three people who are completely overwhelmed with all of these tasks, and I need this person like three days ago. Mm -hmm. Well, the reality is, is that even if you had them three days ago, they're not going to be able to take all the stuff from these three people that are already in your organization and take it over right away. It's still going to be several months. So the best way to go about it is if you want longevity— If you don't want to have to look back that 30, 60, and 90 days and be like, oh, did I make a mistake? Oh, no, I made a mistake. Oh, no, now we have to fire. Now we have to do this whole thing over again. It is better to go slow, and it is better that the interviewee understands why you're going slow. Like, you can explain it. You can say, we're looking for a culture fit. Right. And if they're not interested in that, they're going to move on. And you already have your answer because you know that they're just looking for a paycheck and they're not looking for longevity. For me, when I went into this, I knew. (laughs) I don't pray for patience because that's just danger zone. But I just prayed for God to open the doors that needed to be open and close the doors that needed to be closed. And he continued to open doors through this whole process, which started in October and ended in February. Yeah. Which, I mean, in like the corporate world is a long time. <laughs> it's, it, that is an extreme long. That's an eternity, right? But I love what you said there, right? And, and it's by design for us to go slow in that process because, again, we want somebody who's going to bring that, I love that word, longevity to the team, who's going to contribute and, and help us accomplish our goals for years and years to come. And I, I will just say, it, it it does depend on the position a little bit. Yeah. But if it's a technician who we're bringing in for one interview for an hour on a, you know, on a weekday to determine whether or not they get a seat on the bus, maybe you stretch it to two hours. Yeah. Maybe you stretch it to a phone interview and then two in-person interviews. Well, because if you think about a technician, that technician is going to your customer's house far more than you are. Mm-hmm. So they're actually going to be interacting with that customer and they're going to be the ones that are having to live out your values. And if one of your value is, say, like excellence in customer service, 
if that person isn't a culture fit in that and you only spent an hour with them, but you didn't know that and then they go out and all of a sudden you're getting all this horrible feedback, that's on you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not going to spend six hours with that person, but maybe spending, you know, three hours in interviews with that individual to make sure that they, you know, a good culture fit is better than one in-person interview seeing that they have And the having multiple people in that interview too. Yeah. So important. And and I, you said that and I, I was going to, I was, I highlighted that in my notes because I, I, I did want to highlight that. Yeah. Having multiple people in the interview because, you know, some, I have, I have first impressions, right? We yeah. all have, get those first impressions and it's really, it's a good part of the process to say, Hey, what did you see? And maybe I have, you know, Maybe I have baggage in my mind that maybe <laughs> led me to, to look at this person and evaluate them through a particular lens. And I'm the only one in the room who has that. So it it's, must be me, not them, because you saw something different. So Yeah, well, and, you know, one of my friends actually said something to me, and it was not about hiring. It was about just, like, friendships, relationships. If you're looking directly at a person, they might be a red flag. But if you're looking directly at them, you can't see it unless you're at the side. Mm. So if you have two people on your side who are looking at the same person from a different angle, they might be able to see those red flags that you can't see. Yeah, no, it's so so valuable. Let's go to the last part of the process. Um, you know, maybe it's the part of the process that gets the least amount of attention because we're like, we did all the hard work. We, we've done the interviews and they're a good fit. Now we just like, now it's all logistics. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, Right. We can do a really great job evaluating individuals' culture fit and making them sure that they're part of the family. And then we can just put them into the the machine of getting their all their formal documents signed, getting the offer letter signed. How can what what did you like about our pro that portion of the process at Axiom in terms of like not seeing the final interview and like the oh, here's the here's the letter of intent or please sign this and we'll bring you on as part of the team really emphasizing the last portion of the process, which is that offer letter. And mm-hmm. what was the unique about it at Axiom that you appreciated? And what encouragement would you give to business owners to adopt a part of this as their own? Yeah, well, from the last interview with Joey and Josie at dinner, um, Joey mentioned multiple times at dinner, like, you should talk to Cam and Devin one more time. You should talk to Carrie one more time. And I talked to all three of you. Um, one more time. And I asked more pointed questions because, um, something that he had also mentioned is like, I want to make sure, um, that God is calling you to this work, but he's also calling you here. And that was really big for me is, um, something that I have been doing in my like personal prayer life is like, where does God want me? Instead of inserting myself into a situation, which I'm very good at. (laughs) I'm very good at taking up space is instead like stepping back and saying, okay, where should I be placed? Where do you want me to be placed? Instead of just like walking up. And um, so I, that was a Friday night. The following Wednesday, I had um, a call with Carrie and then I had a, a Zoom call with Devin and Cam and asked some pointed questions there. And I told Joey, I said, I'm just going to take a couple days and think about this. And I emailed him on Thursday and I said, I believe that I'm ready 
to move forward with Axiom. I think I have all the information that I can get right now. Obviously, I'm going to learn more down the line, but I'm ready to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple days later, I got the offer letter. And it was an offer letter that I truly did not expect to receive as far as like I expected to receive the offer, but didn't expect the words that were in it. Um, and just in my personal life, I have people around me who've been praying for me for a long time to just find like a really good community. And I have a really great one at church, but you know, you also want to have people around you in professional settings that just are home. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm going to read you a couple parts of this offer letter. So the first sentence was, um, actually addressed to both myself and my son. Um, Mm. So it said, Dear Shannon and Bennett, I have addressed this letter to both of you because I believe that when we add a member to our team, we add the whole person, not just parts that fit into a job description. And that whole person includes the biggest part of us that loves and cares for those closest to us, our family. It also includes our struggles and our weaknesses, as well as our desire to see them diminish over time. If that is the best case, then we must make the offer not just to the individual, but also to those who know them best and who care for them and are cared by them the most. Hmm. And then at the end, um, Joey addressed Bennett um, directly. And again, as a reminder, he's eight. (laughs) (laughs) Bennett, we have not had the opportunity to meet yet, but everyone here is looking forward to meeting you soon. And we will arrange a get together where you and your mom can get to know the rest of the Axiom family. Your mom has made it clear that you are incredibly important to her and you are important to us as well. I hope that we can live up to both her expectations and yours. And I read that to my mom and my sister and both of them got a little teary eyed. (laughs) And (laughs) I did as well. um, Not going to lie. And it was just a moment of like, wow, this is what I've been praying for. This is, Mm. and, and I'm not saying this to say like, obviously not every business owner has Christian values, Mm -hmm. but specific to Axiom, like they practice what they preach. Right. And that's, that's a good point is that your values, if you're evaluating somebody for culture fit, the process that you're using to evaluate whether or not they're a culture fit should kind of like, you shouldn't be able to strip your values out of it. It should embody your values, right? Mm -hmm. How you do the phone interview should embody your values. How you conduct in-person interviews should embody your values and how you make the offer and how you, you know, we won't get into onboarding, but, but as a part of the hiring process and onboarding process, all of those things should embody your values. Yeah. And I would have accepted the offer even if you didn't say, and Bennett. Mm. Because I was excited regardless, but that was just kind of like the icing on the cake of, I know that this is the culture that I want to be in. I know that I would feel safe coming here if something happened in my personal life. Like, I know that this is okay. I know that this is right. So, yeah, I think that it's just really important to really think about your culture, think about your values and really specifically live those out because if your interviewee or potential hires can see that from the start, they're going to want to live those out with you instead of you having to kind of drag them along and get them to fit this mold. Thank you for this conversation, Shannon. I really appreciate it. Um, 
there's so much more we could talk about. And I think I might tee up a part two because we've kind of outlined the three stages of our hiring process. Um, and I think there's there's so much more to talk about in terms of, right? And we've talked about those stages in terms of evaluating culture fit, but there's so much more we can talk about in terms of how do we evaluate competency and experience um, in those different components of the hiring process. And so I might tee up a part two where we get, come back and talk about best practices yeah. um, for those you know, different components. Um, but again, really want to thank you for this conversation and just encourage you as, as listeners, if you have a hiring process, evaluate it in light of what we've talked about. How well does your current hiring process evaluate culture fit? You know, you can't do that without values. If you don't have core values, you know, spend some, do the hard work, think about those core values and define them for how, how you want people to behave and treat each other in the business. Um, and maybe even if you if you don't have these steps in the process, incorporating them can help you have a much more relational, I think just by nature, relational hiring process that will give you opportunities to identify, is this person that's, you know, somebody who fits into our organization that uh, we can help be successful and who also will help us accomplish our vision and our mission. So um, part two, look out for that. And thank you for listening. We will talk to you guys again soon. Thanks so much.